Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. 9 and 43, and when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. This guy said, so I got a phone call today from the post office. It wasn't good news, right? They complained, this man said, that my dog is attacking a postman on a bike. And I told them it can't be my dog. He doesn't even know how to ride a bike. You know, if you answer the phone around the world, in America, you usually say what? You say hello. That's, but in Italy, if you're in a different place, you don't say hello. You usually say a word, pronto, pronto. You know what that means? It means ready. I mean, Italians are talkers, right? They say if you want to make an Italian stop talking, you have to like cuff their hands because they talk with their hands, right? Maybe they put their cell phone on like this so they can talk with their hands. But in Japan, you don't say hello, you say moshi moshi, which means basically speaking, speaking, or I say, I say. So it's like that, but that's only the way that it's used is when you answer the phone. In Egypt, you may talk for five minutes exchanging like formal greetings and you know god bless you and bless your family and bless your kids and bless it might go on for five minutes and no it's interesting different things happen when you get calls from different places and there's different ways that you answer but i would like to preach on the thought of a message this morning using jesus call and i'd like to preach on the thought of a message you have been called out. That's exactly what Jesus said, and maybe you've heard the lead up to the account, but there was a man named Lazarus, and his name is, uh, his Hebrew name would have been Eleazar, and that's someone who God helps. And you know that I believe all of us at one time in our life, we have been at a place where we've needed God to help us. And the Bible said that Eleazar, in the New Testament, his name is called Lazarus. He got sick. We're not uh, informed to the nature of his sickness, but you know that, man, some days you're just feeling great, and then you get that tickle in your nose, or you get that, like, (laughs) and you're like, oh. It usually happens in the morning, right? You slept all night and it crept in on you. Now, I'm not claiming it, but he was a man whom Jesus loved. And he loved his sister Martha and his sister Mary. But he got sick. And the Bible said this sickness uh, uh, got so bad that it took his life. And Jesus, being informed about it, stayed away. Jesus could have come right away. You ever wonder why Jesus doesn't come right when you pray? And it said that Lazarus died. And he laid in the grave for four days before Jesus showed up. And so his sisters came and of course they had questions. Jesus, why? Man, I don't know about you, but have you ever had those questions to Jesus? And you ask them. I don't even wait to church. Usually I don't do it in church. It looks bad, but Jesus. And you got your hands up. Why? I don't understand. Why is this going on? You know, and uh, when you're, it, it, it happens at funerals because everything gets put in perspective, right? 
You know that all these things that of the world, they're important, but they're not as important as life and death. And uh, so Jesus, he said, take away the stone. Now, in those, in those places, they wouldn't necessarily get buried in the ground. But if you're wealthier, you'd have a sepulcher or a tomb. And today, you can have them uh, in America. They're called mausoleums, where you actually, they're built above ground. And uh, actually, we were walking, and I'm going to talk more about this tonight, into the city of Heropolis, which is a city mentioned in the book of Acts, and uh, I believe, uh, well, throughout the New Testament. And there is this, to get to the city, you walk through this huge graveyard. And the graveyard, how do you know it's a graveyard? Because they're literally built above ground. They're all of these mausoleums. What was it, Sister Bigelow? Was it like a, like a half mile? And you're walking through it, but there's beautiful... Uh, and they're still around from thousands of years ago. This is a biblical city in Turkey. And so uh, you're walking through and uh, these tombs were they had uh, in Israel. They would put they would cut them out of the rock or into the side of a hill. And they would have a big stone that looked like an Oreo. Right. And you would roll this Oreo on a track to cover the tomb. And the body after being placed in there and wrapped in grave clothes, it would decay. But they would sometimes even have, uh, if you've ever been on a ship before, they have bunks in the ship, right? Well, they would have two or three, they have places for the whole family. It'd be a family mausoleum. So they would be able to open that grave. Otherwise, why would you need to open a grave, right? I don't think they have that, right? Um, in this, in the, when, they, uh, when they bury someone, that's supposed to be it, right? So, but they would use them for other family members. So they would be able to open the grave and close the grave. And so when Lazarus died, he was placed inside this mausoleum or tomb or sepulcher. And then Jesus came to the mouth of that tomb and Jesus spoke to Lazarus. And the reason, one reason he waited four days is because... It's a long uh, account that the Jews believe that the spirit of a man would hover around for three days trying to get back in the body. I know it's not biblical, but people have these beliefs, right? And he was speaking to the Jews. After the third day, it would fly away. The spirit would fly away. Truth is, as soon as you die, your spirit is gone. You know how someone says, I'm with you in spirit. No, you're not. Or you're dead because your spirit and your body have to be together. That's the way that it works in here. But... Uh, so the spirit was gone from the body. Jesus was standing in front of the tomb and Jesus spoke and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Now, really what he said was the words from the Greek, the word forth, it means the word is exo, like exodus. So Jesus really didn't say come forth. He said, come out. He, Jesus said, I'm calling you out. That's exactly what, and yet, I don't know if you Bible readers in here, have you ever read what the word for the church is in the, in the New Testament? If you, if you get into church, it's like the ecclesiastical things. Well, ecclesia is the Greek word for church. I'm not going to try to get nerdy here, but the Greek word for church, ecclesia, ek, is actually the root of exo, so it means out. And ek and Kaleo, which means it sounds like the word call, right? The word church in the New Testament is literally called out. That's exactly what it means. What Jesus said to Lazarus is what Jesus called his church. Why? Because the church 
has been called out. And I want to talk about three things that we have been called out from. The first thing he said, Lazarus, come forth as a Christian, as the church, or as anybody, Jesus calls us out of death. And you know that that's the real reason for the gospel. You know, I've, I've seen, I'm sure we all have. Have you seen a movie or something or at least a clip or heard about zombies? And they're supposed to be dead and yet they're kind of walking around like a postal worker, right? Like, and yet, so like, which is it? But they're like undead. I don't even understand. I've been to some fast food places that were just food places because there were no fast in there. Right? Okay. I mean, it was not. I was like, man, you could have killed the cow and like butchered it by the time that I got that burger, right? But if you're dead, you're not moving around like a zombie. And I mean, anyway, so that's just, that's just so crazy. Sorry. But, but you're, you're not doing anything. The Bible said the dead praise not God. And the word death, it, it's a something that we understand in our body, but it actually started out in the Garden of Eden, there was Jesus didn't create death. You see, Jesus came to create life. Jesus said, let there be light. So how do you know that was Jesus? Because he created the world. The, the Lord created the world by Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the word of God. So Jesus said, let there be light. And there was light. Jesus, the Bible said, formed man out of the dust of the ground. And it said, so that's your body. And breathe into his nostrils the breath of life. That's your spirit. And man became a living soul. Body, soul, and spirit. Now your body's obvious, right? The soul is the center of you are, but your spirit, like my cat has a tail, and it it crawled up into the uh, uh, rental vehicle. There was a rental vehicle that was doing something at my neighbor's place, right? And so it crawled up, it was a pickup truck, crawled up into that spare tire, and it's just, you know, cats are, that's why they have nine lives. It means they're dumb, right? So, so it's up there and it's staying there. But that, that rental vehicle leaves, my daughter's not going to be happy that there's going to be no hello kitty. It's goodbye kitty. Because that's going to wind up in Georgia, wherever it came from, right? So I, you know, called my cat and the cat just looks at you like, whatever. You know, it's just up there and I'm down on the ground. And so... I'm going to admit this, and you can call the cops or whatever. The only part available for me to grab from that cat was the tail. It's a nice handle, right? (laughs) What did you do? I grabbed that cat, and I pulled that cat. It was not happy, right? I pulled that cat out of that tire so that that cat would not die. But that cat was the connection, was the tail. The spirit is our connection to God. When Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, it didn't seem like there was any problem. But that spiritual connection was cut. The cord, the spirit that kept us alive, and man began to die. And and we know that death passed upon all men. The Bible says in Romans 5 and 17, For by one man's offense, that was Adam's offense in the garden, Death reigned by one. You know, you ever heard that someone else before you created some rules for you? (laughs) Because everyone broke them, so they had to get this rule, and then this rule, and then this rule. But one man's offense created death. Separation. And the Bible says, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. 
So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. That's why Jesus had to be born of a virgin. Because if Jesus came through Adam or through Joseph, he would have had the same sin nature. And there are all kinds of people that would like to take away the virgin birth. But if, the, if Jesus wasn't born of a virgin, then we're still sinners. Because Jesus was a sinner. Because his nature of Adam was passed on. You know, you say, it's like, he's just like his daddy. Or he's just like your mommy. Why? Because we get that nature from our parents. We look like our parents. I was at a place called Lou Weber Tire. Now, this is years ago, right? It was on Normandy. I think they moved. But uh, so I was sitting there, and we were getting some tire work done or something and, uh, for the place I worked. And uh, so in comes this guy. It was around lunchtime. And he had the toothpick, right, in his mouth because they had just probably come from a barbecue place. Or they're just southern, and they just had a toothpick, right? So the father comes in, and I think it was three boys came in after him. And they all sat down kind of the same way. And I think they all had their toothpicks. And I'm like, you don't have to tell me that that's his three kids. I mean, they look just and acted just like that. You know, but I'm thankful that when Jesus calls us out, though, he doesn't call us out to act like Adam. No offense, because that's my first name. He calls us out of death, out of separation to act like Jesus. To act like our new father. And the Bible said when he said to Lazarus, Lazarus come forth. That death that had claimed him, it lost his grip on Lazarus. Man, when I became a Christian, the grip of sin was lost on me. Every chain was broken. And my life began to be alive. You know, Jesus can mess up a perfectly good funeral and turn it into a birth. The Bible said that Jesus spoke to Nicodemus. And he said, let me tell you, you must be born again. That when Jesus speaks, everything can change. He calls us out of death. When I went to church, I thought I was going to hear a message about being a good person. I didn't need to be a good person. I had that covered. What I needed was a new life. I needed life in my heart. I needed life in my bones. And that life is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. The life is in His Son, Jesus Christ. When he called, Lazarus' life. Now, it's interesting because, you know, so if I hear Jesus, then I, if I see Jesus, I would believe. They wouldn't. They see Mary all the time in, like, cheese biscuits. It's like, oh, the Virgin Mary in the cheese biscuit. Who cares? You know, I saw this miracle. Seeing isn't believing. Hearing is. You know, there's a lot of optical illusions. I was going to do one, but I... What's that stuff called that the deaf people read? Bro. No. Deaf people read what you and I read, right? Who reads brain? Blind people. He said, preacher, you tricked me. I told you I was going to trick you. You can even tell someone. But you see, say, well, what seeing is not belief. Sorry, brother. Good answer. I was in a room full of preachers, and one preacher said, Braille. You know, and he said with authority in front of all the other preachers. And Pastor Keckle said, no. That's what... But my point is, you say, well, if I saw Jesus, then I would believe. The Bible said, faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by what? The word of God. Lazarus didn't see Jesus. Lazarus was covered in grave clothes in the dark, but he heard a call. You know, when you come to the house of God, you'll begin to hear a call. That God is calling you out. And not only calling you out of death. How do you get called out of death? You hear this voice saying, Son, I'm calling you. And you know that just when uh, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. 
You know that we can hear a voice in our head in the silence and know, if you ever talk to yourself, you know it's your voice, right? But you know when you hear someone else's voice. And maybe it's a replay in your head, but when you hear someone else's voice, if my daughter calls me on the phone, I don't need caller ID. If my wife says about one word, I don't need. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. We'll say, well, preacher, have you ever heard the voice of God? You have to. And you know it's God. Why? You just know certain voices. And, I'm, and it's, a, it's a voice I've never heard before, and I'm not sure about it, but is it calling you out of death? You see, that's the first thing that God will do. He said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. He said, I'm going to give you rest because you've been called out of death. You see, the Bible said the wages of sin is death. When I came to church, I realized I am not on my way to heaven. And I did not want to tell anybody. And I tried to get out of there. Was, it like, was that like that when you went to church, brother? I wanted to get out of there. I, or maybe not, man. I was, like, I was like, let me out of this place. The altar call happened. And I'm a young Marine. And I knew I was on my way to hell. And um, the preacher came back to pray with me. And he goes, are you a Christian? And I'm like, yes. A lie. Straight up. Lie to the preacher. And then he said, what would you do? I was a sinner. That's what I did. Sinners lie. And I was a liar, right? And uh, so he said, if you died right now, would you, would you go to heaven? And I was like, oh, I didn't want to answer that one because I knew I wouldn't. And I already lied to the man once. He was a good guy. I already lied to him once. And so he said, would you like to make sure? And I was like, oh, yes. I wanted to make sure. And I prayed and invited Jesus Christ into my life. What I didn't realize at the time is that when I invited Jesus in, when I listened to that call, Jesus, it wasn't, it wasn't evident. I was in the back seat in the church. Jesus called me out of death. I've been to church so many times, but my life was never transformed. And if you've been to church, that's okay. But Jesus is calling you out of sin. Sin, the Bible said, brings forth death. But you know what? Jesus bring forth life. And when Jesus touched dead people, they came alive. And when Jesus speaks, the Bible says things happen and are brought to life. The Bible says not only we were called out of death. And maybe you're a Christian. You say, I've been Christian for a while, preacher. I know that. But not only did he call Lazarus out of death. You know what he did next? He called him out of the tomb. Now... And the Bible said in John 11 and 44, and he that was dead, man, when Jesus says you're alive, brother, you're just alive. I heard this account, and you know you can't believe everything that you hear, but it was this man who was a, a missionary in Africa. And one of the people that was in his church was set upon and beaten to death by a mob of people. And... I don't know if they went and prayed for him in the morgue or whatever. This man came back alive. And you know, that, that's the old preacher. It just, that, that only, that never happens. Man, if Jesus can do it, we can do greater works, Jesus said, than these. We'll do things in more abundantly. Why? The power of Jesus is alive and makes us come out of death. I heard an account that was even closer by one of our missionaries in the Philippines. And he said that someone had um, been swimming and drowned. And these Christians, not preachers, the Christian was having a picnic like with his family by this body of water. And they pulled this person out. They were like blue, you know, whatever. They, they were dead. And this Christian went, not a preacher, a Christian, 
Because you see where the power is? It's in Jesus. And this Christian went and prayed for this body that was on the side of this water. And they came alive. Why? Because Jesus, it's not just spiritual. Jesus calls us out of death, but he doesn't stop there. You see, Jesus calls us out of that tomb. When you become a Christian, everything changes. You know that uh, when I was a young man, there was uh, this, this, I was overseas. So one of the cool words to say, and I don't know if they were mispronouncing, that's death, you know, D-E-F. But they would say, man, that's death. That is death, D-E-A-T-H. And that was a cool word to say. So what I did as a young man is I repeated it. There's nothing cool about death. <laughs> death stinks. It's a preacher, but it's cool. And I have skulls everywhere all over my house. Okay, but that's you. But let me tell you, have you ever left a chicken or a turkey in your trunk? For a few days? Have you ever had a rat expire up in your roof? Ain't nothing cool about that smell. After a few days, like, oh my, we had a drop ceiling in our old place where we had church a couple places ago. And Nikita's got a good nose. She's got a good smell. So <laughs> there would be a rat that would die in the insulation and then bury itself in the insulation in the drop ceiling. So you've got these suspended panels above that insulation. And we had to like climb up in there and root around in the insulation for the source of this death. And a man, uh, mice, rats, it was nasty. They would eat the poison and die. And then that beautiful fragrance, right? You know that when Jesus saves us, he calls us out of the things of sin. Now, you know, not only are you alive, but God calls you out of the entertainments that you go to. God calls us out of the things that you, that you drink. And you know that it's interesting because people who aren't Christians know what Christians should do, even though they don't do it, right? My daughter would call me out, daddy this and daddy that, because, you know, she didn't know, but she knew that the Christians acted a certain way. And you know, that you say, well, one of the things is that, but what does it smell like, man? Sometimes our spiritual smell test, say if you were in a sepulcher and there were other bodies lined up and it smelled like rotting body. Brethren, I don't know about you, but I want to get out of there. And you know, sin on the other side of sin, it just stinks. And you know, as a Christian, Jesus calls us out. The Bible says uh, he called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Why? Because the Bible says in Peter, we're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. You've been chosen for something better than that. And holy nation, a peculiar people that should show forth the praises of, of him. You know that God calls us out of darkness to show the praise of God. If no one could see your life, no one could praise God for what he did in your life. And now I don't know if you've ever seen a new Christian. They're awkward. There was this one guy years ago, and he would clap on the offbeat. I mean, he would, yes, he was white, okay? But he would, I mean, I mean, it was not even like, I mean, I was like, he must be trying to be offbeat because I thought you could just kind of fall into the beat. Nope. But you know what? What'd you say to him? Nothing. Because it was so exciting to see just someone praising God. And as, as, as he was, uh, the Bible said he came forth bound. He was bound with his feet, bound with his hands, and he had a towel. The Bible says napkin, but it's not like a napkin from a restaurant. It was a towel wrapped around his head. But why do they do that to bodies? Because if you don't, the body was, have you ever picked up your kid 
and they're like sleeping. I'm not talking about like, like put their legs around you and, you know, I mean, if they're like out, out, it's like, you know, their arms are all akimbo and everything. That's why they would have to do that with a dead body. They have to tie their arms and legs because they would just be all over the place. So, but he's alive now and he's like probably hopping like a bunny rabbit or something to the sound of the voice of Jesus. You know, anywhere that Jesus calls you is forward. It might seem like you're going backward, but anytime Jesus calls you, it's forward 100% of the time. He calls us out because, you see, one thing that sin takes away from our lives, and I really believe this, and this is where I, the third thing, he calls us out of death. He calls us out of the grave or the, the sepulcher or the things of sin. And you'll notice it. God will begin to deal with your heart, the people you hang around. I used to be designated driver when I was a, a new Christian. Did I ever tell you that? So I would take the Marines to the bar and they would drink and then I would take them home. And uh, God began to deal. I wasn't drinking or anything, but God would deal with my heart. What are you doing here? I mean, there, were no, there was no, nothing good going around in the bar. And I'm just sitting there like drinking a Coke or whatever at the bar as a Christian. Did you ask the pastor? No, because I probably would have found out real quick that that was a good idea, right? You know, we do things and we don't ask the preacher because we want to do them. So, uh, after a while, the Lord began to deal with my heart. And I said, guys, I'll, I'll drive you there, but I'm not going to stay at the bar. You, you call before cell phones. You call the duty phone and I'll come pick you up. With, it wasn't my car. It was their car. And then after a while, God began to deal with my heart even more. And I told him, I said, guys, I can't take you there anymore. And, and I just couldn't explain it because God was calling me away from that. I grew up in that. I grew up in Hong Kong. You didn't, you didn't have to. You could drink and you'd go to bars at 18. It didn't, there was no drinking age, really, in Hong Kong. But God was calling me out of that. And I, they said, like, you don't care about us and everything. You know what? That's the lie of the devil. If I do care about you, I'm going to serve Jesus Christ. Because I'm going to show you an example of what God can do for your life. And I don't have to, you don't have to waste your money at the bar because you're discouraged. You can save it and build your family. God wants good things for his people. Yes. Yes. And the Bible yes. says he calls us out of bondage. Yes. You know the thing that I really wanted... And I believe that all of us are looking for. And I've talked to my wife, and the ministry can be stressful sometimes, okay? Because I believe we're all looking for peace. We are all looking for peace. The Bible says that the church has a job. The Bible says that, you know, the first thing, Jesus did a work. He, he spoke the word that, that brought him life. It was Jesus. And then Jesus spoke the word into his heart saying, come out of there. Come forward. Come out. But then Jesus said to the church, the people that were around, he said, loose him. Help him out of that bondage. You know that some people, when they come to church, they have hang-ups. And uh, it's something that's been you know, planted in there, maybe in their life, you know, maybe when they were young. And they have hang-ups. They carry these bondages where they think it's like it's got to be this. Or maybe you're no good. Or if, or if you don't perform and get straight A's, I don't love you. Now, I want my daughter to get straight A's, but I told her teacher, I said, I just want her to learn something. So if she learns something, we're winning because guess what? Nobody cares about your grades once you get a job. Did anyone ever bring their report card to you when they got hired? No. 
So someone brought you brought your report card. I had to bring my transcripts. From when you got hired. Mm-hmm. What job is this? Uh, your transcripts from high school? No, 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 from college. Oh, okay, college. Yeah. <laughs> Look, my my cousin went to Harvard, and he uh, he's a smart guy. It might get you a job, but it's not going to keep you a job. You know that you have to perform like they need you to perform. That's the key. But you know what? Whether you had a hang-up or maybe you were treated a certain way or maybe you told, you, you know, the biggest lie, one of these illusionists said, you know what the biggest lie is? I think it was Penn or Teller. They're, they're amazing illusionists. They're not Christian, okay, but they're amazing The biggest lie, one of them said, is the one you tell yourself. And that's what illusions do. They get us to tell ourselves, oh, it's in that left hand. It's not in the left hand. It's in the right hand or in his hat or in his belt. And they just made you think that it was in that place. And you told yourself that. You know, a lot of times we'll tell ourselves things that's not true. It's too late for me. I'm just that way. Uh, it, it, I can't make it ahead in life. Uh, I, I, I'm the wrong color. What's the right color? <laughs> God made you the right color that you are. There is no, and you know what? Color is just the outside. God looks on the heart. That's what he looks on. Amen. The Bible says, though, that we're looking for peace. So, preacher, how do I get peace? My wife comes to the piano. The Bible says, I like this, because the saints aren't all dead and buried. Ephesians chapter 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints, which are at Ephesus. You know, saints are living Christians. It means to be set aside or consecrated. When you're a Christian, you're, you're one of those crazy, weird Christians seven days a week. And it says, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be, un- be to you and peace. You know, if you're a Christian, that when we get out of bondage, you know what we find? Peace. So if I could just make more money, you know what? Making money is important, okay? I've, I've, I've seen rich people and poor people, but you know what? If you have a billion dollars, do you know that you might be more stressed out than someone without a lot of money? Because you know where that assets are usually placed in? volatile places like the stock market where you could be a billionaire one day and then one day you could be and the bible said the riches of the rich suffer them not to sleep they can't even sleep they have no peace because said preacher what if what if this happens and what if my beautiful house gets broken into i was asking my wife can we leave the windows open when we leave and she's like uh maybe when we come back and i'm like no i want to air the house out now i I yielded to what she said okay said well do you think that someone's gonna break in if they're gonna break in my window ain't gonna stop them from breaking in that's what i but i trust god to take care of my house i have peace and the bible says in ephesians chapter one verse two it says grace be to you and peace from god our father and from the lord jesus christ Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, it said, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. You know, as a Christian, you can have peace. Even in the midst of a stressful time. So, I was telling my wife about this. I felt stressed out. Have you ever felt stressed out before? You, you have. So, okay. I felt stressed out. And I'm a Christian. And you could feel it like in your head, right? You feel that like blood in your head. And uh, say, preacher, what did you do? I, it was like I couldn't control it. It was just like going. And so 
what did you do? I said, I'm gonna have some fun with this. I mean, I was stressed. And it was out of my control, and I'm like, you know what I'm gonna do? My mom bought me a blood pressure machine, right? There's like, not the ones at Walmart, I got my one at home. So if you ever wanna check your blood pressure, you can come to my house, okay? And so I put it on, and I cranked it up, and I'm still feeling like, you know, alarms going off and everything. And I checked my blood pressure, and my blood pressure was normal. It was under 120 over 80. It was a safe, healthy blood pressure. And I told my wife, wow. I said, I said, thank you, Jesus. You see, because God can let you go through stressful times. But you see, the Bible says something about the peace of God. It passes all understanding. That means even though my emotions were going like, you know, the blood in your head and everything, my body's like, hey, I'm not stressed out. And you know what? What we need to do is we need to check with the word of God. And you see, all these things are going around me. You know what? They're going around me, but the peace of God is going through me. Because God, he set me free. You say, well, preacher, what if you can't control it? Now, I care. That's why I'm stressed out. But my body said I was still living in the peace of Jesus Christ. See, God's called you out of bondage and worry in the peace. And where's peace? It's serving God like you know to do. And you'll have peace rule in your heart. And if it's not there... Listen to Jesus call you. Say, hey, why don't you drop that thing? It's just a hang up and get the real peace that comes from God. And it's good. And I mean, you're sitting on the beach, but it's good when you're stressed out and the peace of God is still real. You should try that sometime with the blood pressure. Now, if it's already high, it's probably still going to be high. Okay. But if your blood pressure is normal, God can keep you in any situation with heads bowed and eyes closed. Jesus, he's called us out. He's called us out of death. He's called us out of that environment, that that environment that death reigns in. And you know what it is, and I know what it is. But he's also, he's called us out of bondage. He whom the Son sets free, the Bible declares, the Bible declares... You're free indeed. Let's find a place to pray.
And when God calls you out, it doesn't stop there. It starts there. You begin to be called a member of the church. One of the called out. And let me, I want to share, my favorite verse of scripture is Romans 8 and 28. And I'd like to share this with you, and it's a promise. And my wife texted at me this morning at 8.28. It's a game that we play. The Bible says, and we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God. Now, but listen to this. To them who are the called. According to his purpose. We're called out. And that's why everything's going to work out. And you know what? That's the promise that God has for your life and for my life too. Amen. God bless you as our prayer. We'll see you, uh, man, next Sunday, tonight, Bible study. We love to see you. Bible study in February. Uh, we're going to have a women's Bible study in February to be announced a little bit later, right? The 12th of February. Oh, there we go. Okay, in a different location, so stay tuned. Amen. So, and if you want to host a women's Bible study, uh, get with Sister Bigelow or I so that uh, it can be a blessing. So, uh, Reverend Olson, would you dismiss us in prayer? Hey, God bless you is our prayer. Shake hands, be friendly. And you know what? Call someone out to the house of God. They need it. God can bless them. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day in your house, God, the Lord's day, God. Thank you.